The mother put the porcelain spoon. The mother drew back and poured the little girl back. But the mother did not hear the old voice. The mother. Experience the heartwarming story of a mother's love that knows no bounds, titled The Mother, written by Nobel Prize-winning author Pearl S. Buck. It's a story of love, sacrifice, and the universalism of motherhood that transcends race and borders, told through an account of an unnamed mother living in rural China in the early 20th century. Get the audiobook right now at radio.cgtn.com or any major podcast platform. Simply search for the Books and Beyond podcast and key in the mother. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you from Beijing. I'm He Young. It is always to have you join us. This summer, moviegoing makes a mega comeback as viewers embrace a diverse slate of films and domestically made movies lead in box office performance, or what brings audiences back into red velvet seats. And we always look forward to having a heart to heart with you. If you have a question that you'd like us to answer, or you have something you want to say to us, please send your voice memo or email over to ezfmroundtable at foxmail.com. Your voice could be featured in our heart to heart segment. For today's program, I'm joined by Xingyu in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. First on today's show. China's summer movie market breaks records. Official data shows that box office revenue for the 2023 summer season has clocked in at 20 billion yuan, and that's 2.7 billion U.S. dollars as of August 28th, marking a significant moment in its cinematic history. Let's take a look at what the data says. About this summer movie season, and Xinyu, you have seen most of the summer blockbusters this year, <laughs> and、uh, I guess you're the perfect person to start this conversation with. Well, the summer movie season runs from the beginning of June to the end of August this year, and data shows that、um, China's film market has broken the record set before the pandemic. And over a hundred domestic and foreign films have been screened during this period, and a large number of moviegoers are back to the silver screen, including me. <laughs> and in addition to the unprecedented box office revenue that you just mentioned,、um, data from box office tracker Lighthouse shows that. The total number of cinema admissions surpassed 490 million during the summer movie season. Um, also, a record high, and among them, over fifty-two percent of them、um, entered the movie theaters for the first time this year. And also, the number of moviegoers who have watched movies for more than five times in the movie theater this year has also noticeably increased. And for me, I visit the cinema for four times this summer, so I guess I contributed a lot, quite a lot, as an individual audience. And Josh, you've been looking at the global movie market, and it seems like this summer has been a very good season for the movie industry in general. And、um, what do you make of it? Well, internationally,、uh, it's quite difficult to compare these. I think internationally, because the Chinese movie industry is so huge, as well as、um, the Indian 
movie industry as well. So uh, I've been looking at the c countries respectively, my own country and also in the US at 2023 right now, um, the biggest grossing movie is actually Barbie. Um, I don't know if you've seen this movie, but uh, that, that comes as no surprise to me. And mm. then a lot of the other ones are pretty well known as well. Um, uh, Oppenheimer, uh, Super Mario Bros movie is up there, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen a single one of them. Um, and I think that maybe one of one of the reasons might be because I've been in China the whole time. And um, I, I also haven't seen so many of the Chinese uh, box office smashes. But I, I think possibly maybe the fact that China's biggest, um, most successful movies of this summer are domestic films has had some sort of influence on me having not been so focused on the Western blockbusters. I don't know. Um, but that's uh, a little bit about the international perspective. Mm. Well, certainly when we look at the most recent figures coming from North America, actually the magic number apparently of the summer season for movies is $4 billion US dollars. So it seems like, you know, the movie business is back on. And certainly for all those people who work in the industry and related, I mean, this is really good news. And uh, yeah, I've, I've watched Barbie. If you listen to the show, then you know that because um, we, we talked about Barbie core um, in that episode of dopamine dressing as well. And uh, Xingyu, you've uh, checked out not only the domestic movies, but as well as some of the international blockbusters as well, right? Um, actually, Barbie. I also watched Barbie. It's the only international blockbuster that I watched. One of my female friends, she recommended that to me. And apart from it, I watched um, three domestic productions. Okay, then let's take a look at uh, whether the ones that you've checked out fall into this you know, winner's list with glitter. What are the top grossing summer titles in China this year? Mm, here are the top five. Um, the number one is Lost in the Stars in Chinese. Xiao Shi the Ta is a suspense thriller that um, yeah. grossed 3.5 billion yuan, and that is $480 million. And it's followed by No More Bets in Chinese, Gu Zhu Yi a crime drama. And then after that, it's the creation of the God's One Kingdom of Storms in Chinese function. It's a fantasy epic that I also watched in the movie theater. And then um, Never Say Never in Chinese, Ba Jiao Long Zhong, a sports film. And finally, it's Chang'an, or in Chinese, Chang'an San Wan Li, an animated feature film. I also watched it in the cinema. Quite beautiful movie, I have to say, yeah. Yeah, out of these five, well, I've shared my experience of watching Chang'an on the show with Yushun uh, that day for one of the happy places. <laughs> and the other four are also Chinese productions. And the number one and number two films, Xiao Shi de Ta and Gu Zhu Yi in English would be Lost in the Stars and No More Bets, respectively. They're quite interesting success stories of this summer because both movies are obviously you know the the ones that drew a lot of people into the cinema but they also sort of coincide or maybe intentionally the movie makers 
um, had their eyes on these hot topics in Chinese contemporary society, which make their movies very focused. It's almost like they're very much, you know, had the hand on the pulse of what the interest is of today's Chinese moviegoers. And, um, yeah. and, and that, that might be a really good thing. Um, but also the other side of the argument could be, or this could be a critique for me, um, really how many times do people want to see a movie like this? Let's say in a year's time, because these kind of movies are so focused on what's hot right now, then with, you know, give it a little bit more time. Are they movies that people even want to see again? And, or maybe that's just an irrelevant question to be asked these days. Maybe it's all about just getting people through the door once and that's it. Anyway, some thoughts. Xingyu, what do you say about, you know, this is almost like a new phenomenon or a hot phenomenon in in China when it comes to movies that you got to pick the right subject and um, and your movie could be super successful with the right execution, obviously. Yeah, and um, it's worth noting that the top five that we just mentioned are all domestic productions. And in recent years, domestic movies are attracting a larger number of young audiences, I think. And analysts also attribute this strong performance of this year's summer movie period to the diversity of film genres and themes screened at the cinemas. We have mythology-themed to reality-themed movies and from animation to action. So this season offers audiences um, a wealth of choices and audiences with different viewing preferences, different ages and aesthetic traits can all find works of interest to immerse themselves in. Like you said, these realistic films, they really explore and portray the subjects or stories that closely reflect the real life and this year, we have themes include like cyber fraud in No More Bats and domestic violence in uh, the movie called The Woman in the Storm or parenting in the movie called Papa or relationship in Lost in the Stars. And these movies have also triggered hot discussions on social media like Lost in the Stars, Xiao Shi Ta, it attracted a large number of female audiences, and data says that over 76% of moviegoers were women, and it triggered discussions on about marriage and relationship, and many audiences are asked to bring your lovesick best friends to watch this movie. So this kind of uh, movies, they talk about the hottest social topics and also um, like you said, maybe just in this period of time, it's gaining attention. But maybe years later, it can the the trend, the topics can change. Maybe, yeah, Josh. So, what do you think of um, you know these movies that are really gaining the particular attention and palette of the domestic audience? Well, as I mentioned, I haven't seen them, um, and. I am trying to watch more Chinese movies. That That is the truth. Um, but it's a very slow burn for me because I have to go through them quite slowly and I often have to pause them and I'm trying to improve my Chinese. So I watch them slowly without English subtitles. That's another story for another day. But these particular movies, I have looked them up um, and I looked up Lost in the Stars and that it seems like quite an interesting uh, film, I must say, um, this sort of bizarre mystery crime drama um and 
I'll be honest, I, I, I was quite surprised um, that, that this was the movie that was the top grossing one because it seems a little bit alternative to me. Um, it doesn't seem like mm. in the West almost, I mean, the most popular genre in Hollywood and in the Western world is unsurprisingly action, action films. And mm. action films, I think, are statistically the most watched and most successful popular genre ever at least if you were going to take cinema as a whole, right? Um, but Lost in the Stars certainly isn't an action film, right? Uh, it's something completely different. Mm. So that was quite surprising to me. And I guess that when we're trying to identify the reasons as to why, um, I know that we could talk about trends, we could talk about what's going on in greater society at the time and how that might shift a greater audience towards this movie and give it more popularity. But for me, ultimately, I think that the most important thing for any film is a really good story. Um, and I think that that's mm. also one of the reasons why Barbie's done so well. I know that Barbie does have a really interesting concept that uh, definitely draws people in. And obviously, aesthetically, it's beautiful. It has beautiful people. Mm. And it's an interesting twist on the traditional narrative of Barbie, right? But still, it's a great story and it's a great twist on the narrative. And I think that's probably the biggest thing and uh, the most important thing here for me. Mm. I think the story is definitely the core, but also I think the directorial efforts of Greta Gerwig, I think also just made it fantastic because, you know, it's really execution of a good story with so many different moving parts in a movie production to make it all come together. It's almost like, you know, making the stars align in a way to make it work. And I think with some of the really successful Chinese movies, they've learned a lot from uh, world cinema. And for example, with the two top grossing summer titles in the Chinese movie box office this summer, both of them are like fast paced. And you can see that uh, the editing is very, can I say international? <laughs> like, you know, with the bits and pieces, it's all very engrossing. And it's important to captivate the audience's attention, obviously. And also, one's the suspense thriller about, you know, what happened to the wife? And <laughs> yeah, it got a lot of my female friends talking. That's uh, Lost in the Stars and No More Bets. This is the first time, I think, for um, such a major release to focus on cyber... Cyber fraud. Cyber fraud. And, you know, this particular crime, type of crime that is very relevant to today's world. And again, this is one of those movies that keeps you hooked uh, from beginning to end. But whether, you know, after the final release, when, you know, all cars on the table, are you satisfied with it? Or do you feel that, huh? Did I just invest my emotion in the last two hours to this? And then, you know, that makes you a little bit mad. And that's why, like, I find it to be a risky move to go to the cinema. Maybe there are people like me as well. We're just, like, waiting for the uh, word of mouth effect. And because um, we don't really want to be the guinea pigs who feel we're trapped or kidnapped in the dark for two hours. And also, 
in recent years, or let's say this summer, a lot of movies go on to like three hours, domestic and international releases. And I just want to say, directors out there, please don't overestimate our patience. <laughs> three hours is too long. Yeah, it Mo is long. Movies should all be just about two hours max, period. We will not, we should not spend more time Why? waste our youth on that. Okay, never mind. <laughs> that was my rant. <laughs> you know how I feel. What about you guys? <laughs> um, I think sometimes going to the cinema is risky. And you said two hours is the maximum, but actually for the movies like Chang'an, it's almost like three hours. And the whole movie experience, um, I think I forgot how long it is. I don't feel like it's that long. It's three hours. But after watching it, I really can feel the sore knees <laughs> when I get up from the seat. But I think sometimes it depends not only on the length of the movie, but also how this movie is captivating or how it can catches your attention. It's not that boring than you think that two hours or three hours um, is worth the time that you spend. And also I uh, want to add a bit of He Yang, you mentioned the domestic productions, they drew inspiration from international filmmaking. Actually for the film Creation of the Gods 1, the director um, is a Mongolian director. He watched the Lord of the Rings series and he was very inspired by this movie and he wanted to create something epic about Chinese mythology. So that's why he initiated the project a decade ago and it took five years to develop the details and the script. And what's interesting about some of the behind story is that the production involved a total of 8,000 people and it cost us 3 billion yuan in the filmmaking. And in 2017, that's like five years ago, they held a global audition to select the leading um, roles. And they selected 1,400 candidates out of 15,000. And the director himself chose 30 out of them. So the actors then underwent specialized training for half an hour, especially for these young guys. They had group trainings of martial arts and archery, horsemanship and bodybuilding. So you can see that um, mm. for domestic directors, they also are investing a lot of time and energy and to really pay attention to these little details to make fine films. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really promising to see that for the winners, um, like when you pick them apart and you feel, huh, this is actually quite good. Although some have their flaws, but, you know, they, you see there's improvement in production in every single piece of the puzzle of this whole thing that you put together called a movie. And, um, and it's the audiences who are going to benefit from it when you've got so many things to choose from. And um, Josh, let me ask one more question about the domestic and international movie market here. That is, while it's, you know, really great news for the movies that have done well, but also we see that there's almost this bifurcation of movies preferred here in the domestic market, as opposed to the, uh, let's say, Hollywood market. And, um, and is it like gone are the days when one Hollywood blockbuster can sort of score 
top, like all over mm. um, yeah. different markets around the world. Are we past that already? I don't think we're past <clears throat> that, to be honest. I, I think that these kind of movements come in waves. And actually, when like people, cinema experts talk about times in cinema, they do talk about it in waves and they talk about it in movements. And China is definitely having a moment right now in its industry and its domestic industry. And I still think that there is the possibility of having a movie that transcends cultures and international boundaries and can become popular all over the world. I think that probably we're going to be seeing movies that encompass a lot of different cultures or more cultures. I think we're going to start to see, as we have, movies becoming more international. And I must admit that Marvel isn't my favorite franchise. As, as <laughs> I told you, I haven't seen a lot of the blockbusters, but I watch probably about 10 to 20 films a week. I watch so many different films from all over the world and I'm not massive on blockbusters. That's not me trying to sound cool or anything, but it just doesn't do much for me. Um, and Marvel is another one, but I've noticed that one of the reasons that Marvel has become so popular is because its universe is now so massive that it's actually able to diversify or it's attempting to do so by bringing in different superheroes from different cultures, even speaking different languages. And I imagine that this is where the blockbusters are shifting. So I don't know what the future will hold for this, but I imagine that we will get, maybe the movie will be made in China. Maybe it will be co-produced between Hollywood, the Chinese and the Chinese film industry. I mean, that's already happened with some films. So this is where I see that going. Yeah, actually, this summer, we have a China-US co-production that is uh, Meg 2, The Trench. It's starring, I think, um, Chinese very renowned actor and director Wu Jing. But the box office performance is not that good <laughs> as expected. And also, we have um, number... It's still top 10, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's the, t uh, the seventh, I, I think. And this summer, we have a number of foreign movies um, like Transformers Rise of the Beasts, one of the installments of the Transformers series, and also Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, an animated film, and Mission Impossible. I think it's the seventh installment in the Mission Impossible film series. And The Flash and um, Fast 10, all of these um, Hollywood films, on the other hand, contributed little to the summer box office record. And if we look at the box office rankings from 2014 to 2012, every year there was an imported film among the top three in terms of the box office revenue. And they include Hollywood super franchise movies like Transformers and Jurassic World. But since 2018, imported films have only managed to secure the third position in the summer box office rankings. And this year, we have the top six spots all occupied by domestically produced works. For example, Mission Impossible, five years ago, the sixth installment of Mission Impossible broke the 500 million yuan in the first week of its release. And ultimately, it had a total of 1.2 billion yuan in box office. But now you look at the franchise, you wonder even Tom Cruise cannot charm 
China's moviegoers into seeing Hollywood films. But on the other hand, Oppenheimer is about to hit the movie theater on August 30th. I think it can bring another challenge to domestic productions as well. Yeah. Well, certainly Oppenheimer has. Well, it's been so popular, and internationally, it's been teamed up with.、Uh, Barbieheimer. So these two movies were really, you know, the the two that injected the very much need vigor into the、uh, box office. But this one is, I'm not so optimistic that it's going to be a big challenge to other movies because I think those who want to watch this is probably not the vast majority of people. And also,、mm-hmm. just if you look at the、uh, number of new. Screens that have popped up in China in the last decade. Well, first of all, the rate has grown、uh, tenfold. Second of all, a, most of these new screens have been erected in smaller Chinese cities, and I wonder if there is still so much of a interest in.、Um, One white man saving the world story narrative, <laughs> and that's what I got from.、Um, Mission Impossible Seven. I actually went to see it, and、uh, oh. I have great respect for Tom Cruise because he's probably the last Hollywood movie star of that magnitude.、Um, mm. And also, his、uh, athleticism is something I really admire. But、um, the story itself is just a little bit trite for today's taste of、um, Chinese moviegoers,、mm. I suppose. But anyway, we're gonna talk forever about movies and.、Uh, It's really good news to see that、um, the movie industry is doing well, and、um, for us moviegoers, we're enjoying our time with so many selections this summer. You're listening to Roundtable. Coming up next, young people are finding love through job recruitment apps. What's going on? Stick around, everybody. We'll be back after this break.